When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi again, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. So far, it's been a pretty quiet offseason for this Pacers franchise, with, of course, the lone exception being a changing of the guard at the top when it comes to the Pacers president of basketball operations. For the first time since 2003, Larry Bird is not the president of basketball operations. Of course, there was that one-year sabbatical, but otherwise, he has been a top that management flowchart and served an instrumental role in building up and managing the Pacers on the basketball side of things. Those responsibilities, those are now Kevin Pritchard, who's been general manager of the franchise since 2013. So it's Kevin Pritchard now having the final say, in addition to all his previous responsibilities, right? That included making phone calls, making deals, scouting, being on the road, looking at guys in the NBA, and on the college level as we get set for the NBA draft in less than a month here. The big news, of course, this week is C.J. Miles. Now, it's not surprising. This was entirely expected, but it's now official as C.J. Miles will decline his player option and is set to become a free agent at the start of the new fiscal year for the NBA, and that, of course, is July 1. This was inevitable because C.J. Miles is worth well more than the $4.772 million his contract called for. This was a four-year deal he originally signed back in 2014 after two years in Cleveland, two lowly years in Cleveland. That was during a stretch where LeBron went off to college, as many of us like to say, right? Went down to Miami for four years. And so it was Kyrie learning to be an NBA player, learning to be a leader. They really didn't have a successful seasons until, of course, LeBron came back. So then Miles signed with the Pacers in 2014. It was a deal worth $18 million, which how crazy is that now with perspective of today's money? You have guys like CJ signing 11, 13, $15 million per year type deals. And because of the influx in money coming into the salary cap, because of course the new TV deals, The money has grown substantially for everyone, from your bottom-tier guys all the way up top, mostly to the top guys. Those max contracts continue to grow, and it's really that middle line that gets shuffled out a little bit. You're either making big money, or you got a pay raise at the bottom. The middle guys, for the most part, have stayed the same here. But Miles was set to earn $4.772 million, and he's worth Way more than that, certainly. I would expect double digits, probably in the 10 to $12 million range, perhaps. It also depends what route he goes. I think this is his last big contract that he can sign. He's been in the league 12 years. One of the last guys drafted straight out of high school, Skyline High School, as we all have come to know, of course, because Michael Grady uh, introduces him that way when he's in the starting lineup. CJ, one of those last guys, like Monte Ellis, 
to come to the NBA straight out of high school. And in turn, he's just 30, but it feels, right? It feels like he's 34, 35, just because he's been around for so long. He was in Utah for his first seven seasons. He was a second-round pick. How about that? A guy that's been in the league now 12 years. He was a second-round pick, drafted 34th overall by Utah. Then he spent two years in Cleveland, the last three here with the Pacers. And these last three have been some of the best of his career. He started 29 of 76 games this past season. He didn't have the issues with health like he did the year before, and much of that was due to the part of him unselfishly willing to play power forward, and I think his body just wore down there after November, after December. And so he played just 64 of 82 games during the 15-16 season. Last year, was only out for six games, started a reasonable percentage of games, 29 of the 76, and averaged double-figure point total. 10.7 per game. He averaged three rebounds per game. And CJ recorded his best shooting percentage in his three years with the team. His first year, as he got his feet wet, got accustomed to how the Pacers do things, starting in 40 of 70 games, shot almost 40%. In 15-16, he shot nearly 41%. And then this past year, 43.4%, by far his best number. And his three-point percentage was the best of his career. 41.3%, and that's notable, well above his career average of 36%. As CJ this past year made a little more than one three-pointer on average per game. When I think of CJ, one of the first things I think about, selfishly for me, is his availability and openness with the media. He has become the go-to quote in the locker room. Now, of course, everyone wants to hear from Paul George, number one, and his comments resonate more in our more widely consumed and seen nationally just because of the player that Paul George is, right? But C.J. Miles has essentially become the team's spokesman. It was previously held by David West. He was the go-to guy. He was honest. He was straightforward. There's a little bit of humor in there, but it was very raw. And that's how C.J. is. He never tries to sugarcoat things, tells it like it is. But in doing so, he's also always a very good teammate never throws guys under the bus, but also speaks to the reality of what the team is going through, has gone through, or perhaps what they need to do or are missing. That's why we like C.J. Miles, certainly in the media. We appreciate his openness and willing to to take the time, whether it's five minutes, whether it's 15, to speak with all of us, to take the time to speak with some of us one-on-one as well, like I did after the final game of the season. Almost 10 minutes with C.J., talking about the season, what went wrong, what some of the issues were, what needs to improve, and of course his contract situation and why he's going to decline his player option. And because of the good relationship that we have with CJ and all those things I explained previously, us in the local chapter, the Pro Basketball Writers Association, felt it was necessary and the right thing to award CJ Miles with the second annual Mel Daniels Award for professionalism with the media. Now, the inaugural recipient of the Mel Daniels Award handed out last year, 15-16, went to Paul George. Now, full disclosure, I voted for C.J. Miles. I think he is picture-perfect in the way us on the media want players to be open, straightforward, and not making it feel and sound tedious. We both have jobs to do. They get paid well to play and speak to the media, and by doing so, they're speaking to the fans. C.J. realizes this. Not all players realizes. Paul George also realizes it and does a very 
nice job. It's rare that he doesn't speak to the media or he gets a day off from doing so. But the small contingent here, more of us felt that Paul George was more deserving of that first award and probably primarily because he's the star player. The spotlight is greater on him and yet he still talks every day. He's there after games. Even if we have to wait after a hot tub, ice bath, maybe it's 40 minutes after the game. Regardless, he was always available after games. And C.J. Miles is the same way. After he put on his stylish jersey or camo jacket and fresh pair of shoes, or maybe during the process, he would always take time to speak with us. So that's one reason he was awarded. One of the many reasons he was awarded the annual Mel Daniels Award, who was humble and a generous teammate with the Pacers, and displayed all those same attributes with the media. And of course, we lost him a couple years ago on October 30th, 2015, and we in the local chapter felt this was a great way of keeping his memory alive and also recognizing him decades later for being that good guy within a locker room. A similar award is handed out nationally throughout the NBA. The annual Good Guy Award is called the Magic Johnson Award, and previous winners have been Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, Shane Battier, for example. Coming up in just a moment, you'll hear from C.J. Miles the comments that he made to me following their Game 4 loss to Cleveland, which ended in a sweep of that first-round series. But the Pacers put up a fight, losing all four games by a combined 16 points. And as we've seen throughout this postseason, the Pacers gave the Cavaliers the greatest challenge. Now, maybe they hadn't quite shifted into full gear yet, but Pacers gave them a contest, and those by far were the closest, most fun games for the Cavaliers to play and to see them battle because they were close. They were competitive. We had that overtime game in game one. But before I play CJ's comments, I wanted to break down a little bit of the Pacers' contract situation. They have a couple free agents for certain, Jeff Teague, and Aaron Brooks. I think they'll try to re-sign Jeff Teague. He wants to be here. I believe they want him to be here. It's all about finding the right middle ground when it comes to money. Pacers have six guys with guaranteed contracts for this upcoming season. Paul George at $19.5 million, Thad Young, Monte Ellis, Al Jefferson, Lance Stevenson, and Miles Turner. C.J. Miles is declining his player option for $4.7 million, so he'll become an unrestricted free agent come July. The Pacers have a team option to decide on on Lavoy Allen. That's for $4 million, and they have to make that by June 26. Pacers also have five other non-guaranteed contracts that they have to decide on. Joe Young, Rakeem Christmas, and Glenn Robinson III's contracts worth all roughly $1.5 million. They become fully guaranteed on July 1, the start of that new NBA season. Then, two weeks later, George Niang's Contract becomes fully guaranteed at $1.3 million if he's still on the roster. Regardless, he gets $100,000 guaranteed. That's what his um, protections call for in his contract coming off of his rookie season. And then there's one more guy, Kevin Serafin, due $1.9 million next year if he's on the roster by August 1st. So there's five guys with non-guaranteed contracts that the Pacers will have to decide upon over the next couple of months. They have six guys on the roster, and the rest could be very fluid. We've known Kevin Pritchard in the past to be a wheeler and dealer, you know, making all kinds of deals, whether it's picking up extra draft picks, trading them away, bringing other guys on board to make things interesting. That's something we'll all be watching closely as Kevin Pritchard has been on the job for one month now. All right, after all of that, 
Let's get into this. Here's my conversation with C.J. Miles from his locker following the Pacers' Game 4 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers where he discusses what went wrong during the season, where he discusses what the team needs to do moving forward, what he's looking for in free agency. Does weather play a factor? He's a guy that's played in Utah, Cleveland, and Indiana. And what role does family play in the equation? All that and more right here with C.J. Miles. What are two or three things this team really missing? Um, consistency together, I think, is a thing that will help. You know, we change a lot throughout the season. Guys change roles, positions, and injuries. and It seems to be the theme, the theme of us the last couple years, three years since I've been here anyway. Um, I think... Um, Continuing to grow and learn how to win. Like, it's hard to win in this league consistently. Like, it's a hard thing. It's a it's a big mental focus thing. It's not so much always talent and physicality and what you can do athletically. It's, it's a mental thing and guys being <coughs> in those situations. Um, we haven't had a lot of guys in certain situations. Like, you know, in certain roles or in in a situation where you got to win out to make the playoffs and then in the playoffs where your backs are on a 3-0 lead or – on the road the first two games and against the arguably one of the best teams in our league. I mean, obviously one of the best teams in our league. And having a chance, but not yeah, finish. Yeah, and things like that. So, I mean, there's steps that guys go through growth-wise for that. Um, Once a player has it, do they just have it? It's a thing. Like, it's a um, it's a more taste, like the taste of winning changes you. Um, it's, it's, all, it's kind of funny because uh, when I was in Cleveland before I came here, when I was with uh, Kyrie, I told him that. Cause I came there from Utah where I had a bunch of good runs. We had played. I said it changed the way you work. It changed the way you approach the game. It changed your mindset because now it's like, I got to do it. Like, I tasted it. I was close. I was really close. Like, I, I, I had been to the West Conference Finals before that. I had been to the second round three or four years in a row and been a game out from getting to the Conference Finals again. And, and I told him, I said, once you get that chance and you understand it, it's going to change you. And he thought it was like – Obviously, he was talented as hell, right. and he was good. And he was already, but I was like, when you when you, when you figure it, when you get there, you will understand it, and you can see it. You can see him change, like over the last two, three years. The better they got over there, and you can see his growth and right. his mentality, the way he approaches the game, and like you see him talking about that mama mentality, how he kind of took some of that from it because it becomes an obsession. Because it's like now, I get it. Like I, I want it every. I want to. I want to win like all the time because I don't. I don't ever want to go back to not winning. Nobody likes that. Like, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not, nobody likes it. Like, and, and you see the competitors in here, they'll tell you the same thing. But I think being on that stage and having that chance to play in those moments, that's what you do in your backyard when you imagine the defenses in front of you and you count down and now you see it in live action and you get to do it for your family, for your, for the city you play in, for your home city, you put all that stuff in perspective. It's a different thing. Defensively this season, we thought it might be a concern. It ended up being concerned. Lavoie described it as horrendous. Looking back on the defense as the season, how do you evaluate how you guys did? We, we, didn't, we didn't communicate well. That seemed like an ongoing issue. That was the biggest thing. We didn't talk well, yeah. um, which is the biggest thing defensively that you have to do, especially the way the league is played now. Um, is that everybody's? It started a point guard start. With it's everybody. Line. Okay, it's everybody, and it's hard for it to be the point all the time because he's in front. He can't, can't see, see it all. So it's everybody talking to him, and um, I think we, just, we didn't do a good job of it. 
and you came back to bite us because now you got to try to turn the switch on and really be able to do it, and it's something we condition ourselves to be able to do. Um, and don't get me wrong, like there's teams now, there's good defensive teams in the league, like by the numbers, but like <laughs> the defensive way the league is, it's, it's, it's defense is hard to play in this league now. You got certain guys that are good defenders, but the way the floor is spread, the way. The, uh, the games are called and, and the, the way guys have gotten so good at drawing fouls there's going to be situations where obviously guys are going to score but we just we have breakdowns of the things that could have been solved communication because you see a Cleveland team that has been awful also defensively mm-hmm. but they've made up for it because of their offensive efficiency this is another thing that kind of kind of um, has changed the way people play defense in our league just out, a lot of people just out people mm-hmm. And hoping that you don't get as hot as them. <laughs> like when you got guys like that that spread the floor with one guy and four three one shooters around them, odds are you trade them for two to the score. They have their own death death lineup now that you've got that you guys have seen the last couple of games. <laughs> when it comes to the obvious question, when it comes to free agency, how will you? What are you motivated motivated by? What What are you looking for? Fit, city, coaching. I mean, chance to win. Everything. I think you just look at the situation, just understand what's going on. Like, you sit down the next couple of days and decide if opting out's the best oh, bet, yeah. like if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody's already like asking me about it. Oh, oh I got friends asking about. It. I got, you yeah. know, I got everybody. Like, it's like college recruitment again. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, um, is that fun? No, because especially when you're in the midst of trying to focus on the season, right? That's the last thing. Yeah, like that's not. I'm worried about us in here. Like I'm on this team, and still on this team at this moment. I think the biggest thing is figuring out. That was the biggest thing for me, figuring out. So now, it's, obviously, everybody knows the way the market is, the way the cap changes, and all of that. Blase, blase, blase. So we'll sit down and weigh it, come compare what you can do numbers wise. Obviously, like I told him, it's not like I'm 22. So yeah. um, I'm nowhere near being finished, but I'm not. You've got to get yours while you can. Yeah, and at the same time, you can get yourself. You can if you if you can get yourself a guarantee of three or four more years, you would do that. Anybody would do that in any job situation. So because you never know injury. Yeah, and not even that. Just period. Like to have that security knowing like you got your job again. Like um, so we figure it out from there. Like, I mean, and I and I. And if it does come to opt out, it's not because I want to leave. It's just solely a business. Like, it's just solely because it would be the best interest in myself, my family, and the people that I have around me. That that would be the best thing for. Is it you and Lauren? Who else? Who else is included in the decision making? I mean, when it comes down to that, it's me and Lauren. She's the one that got to come live with me. Okay. <laughs> got to pack up. And stuff. I don't think. I didn't know if there was mom, dad, or nah, anything nah, like that. No, nah, I don't think. Uh, or a best friend. No, no, it'd be me and her. My agent will sit down and talk about it. She really just kind of trusts my judgment on it too. Obviously, I think about my family a little, a little bit within it. But situation is situation. If it's good, bad, if it's that much better or whatever, then you got to look at it solely from that. I never looked at a. If I do go into free agency, I never looked at a, a seed off weather or well, I'm going to play basketball. So my basketball situation has always been the greatest. Um, uh, weight on the on the scale for me. I mean, I want to play in cold cities anyway. So. <laughs> that's true. That's that's all you're used to. Anyway. Yeah. So that, that's not a thing. I think uh, obviously, if, if if that if the situation's that close, then you start you can kind of figure something away. Yeah. Then that might tilt something. Yeah, but I'm not really.
you mentioned family, and I've seen her kind of subtle in it on tweets, maybe. Like, if my kids, I hope my kids are not that. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Is that any, anything? Just speaking, trying to speak it into existence. Trying to. That's all. Okay. Which, I didn't know if that'd be uh, I mean, something coming list. down the pipeline. It's on the list. I'm trying. I mean, you want to. Okay. I, mean, I think everybody wants to. I mean, at some point. But whenever. You want to. Yeah, when it happens, it happens.